Father, we uh, sang all these songs of your greatness, of your power, and uh, of your mighty hand and outstretched arm. And, and Father, there, you, you are stronger, you are mightier. There's no one like you. And we declare that this morning. And Father, I ask that you would speak to us with your still small voice deep within our hearts, Lord, deep within our souls, that we may receive a revelation from you this morning. I want to invite you now to just pray a quick prayer within your heart, uh, just asking the Lord to speak to you this morning. And now I ask that you pray and ask the Lord to speak through me, that I may be helpful to you this morning. Amen. Amen. I've shared this story here before at Trinity. It's uh, a story that I love to share. I've probably shared it a couple times now. Um, but it is definitely one of the highlights in my walk with the Lord, in seeing God move in my life. This is probably one of the greatest highlights I've ever seen God do. Uh, several years ago, I used to work for a company uh, that made drain water heat recovery systems. That's a fancy way of saying drain pipe, okay? But... Uh, this company, they manufactured them in town, and part, my, my role was to install them in people's homes. And so this, this job had me travel to many places, as west as Windsor, as far east as Cornwall, as north as Huntsville. And so that big area, I would travel to install. I've even, I even went up to, uh, Petawawa to, uh, install. <laughs> Uh, these, these drain water heat recovery units up there. And so, uh, I traveled quite a lot. Um, it was fun, sort of. But, uh, anyway, during the, there's a, a season where it gets really busy at this company. And so the company would hire, um, some workers, temporary workers to come and fill in the gaps. And so oftentimes when we hit this season, I would ask the Lord, God, you know, I just, I want to be used by you. I want to represent you well. Help me represent you well. Because, you know, in my past, I used to be very forceful in my evangelism. I used to go up to people and just say, you know, you, you need Jesus. And it didn't really work. And so I swung to the other side and just didn't say anything. And then here I am now at this, at this company. I'm saying, God, just use me in however way you want. I really want to be used by you. And so this one time, our company hired a few guys. And uh, one of the, the people that they hired was a guy named Todd. And uh, Todd, it just so happens that he was really seeking God uh, at this time. Uh, just a few days prior to him being hired on at the company, uh, someone from his family, I think it was his aunt or a cousin or someone, had told him that he needed Jesus in his life. And uh, I mean, that was foreign language to him because he wasn't raised in a Christian home at all. Uh, and so he's like, oh, what does that really mean? And so anyway, he got hired on at this company, which just so happens to be a company full of Christian workers. Um, the owner was Christian, is Christian. Uh, the shop uh, supervisor is Christian. Um, there was another part-time pastor on staff there. And so a lot of believers there at this company. And so he came in and he's just asking all these questions. 
And one of the uh, workers there were just told him, hey, you should talk to James. Uh, go and ask James to uh, share his testimony. And so, you know, one day this guy, Todd, comes up to me and he's like, hey, my name's Todd and can you just tell me how you came to know the Lord? And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I mean, usually I'm the one that has to initiate a talk about God. If I want to talk to someone about Jesus, I have to do the initiating. But here's this guy. He's like, hey, can you tell me about God? I'm like, what? Yeah, sure. Sure. And so I didn't want to do it on a lunch break or, you know, because there's just such a short window of time. So what I did was I booked uh, for him to come with me on one of these install trips. And uh, the trip that we had to make was to Markham. So, you know, pretty good distance, about two hours drive there, two hours drive back. And so I thought that'd be plenty of time for me to share my story with this guy. And so we did that. So I picked him up one morning. We're on our way to Markham. And I'm just sharing my story of how I came to know the Lord. And he had lots of questions. And uh, this is how long it took me to share my whole story. From Kitchener to about Milton. Because it was just about, just before the 407 where I was done sharing my testimony. So if you, if you could picture that, you know, that's a good chunk of time, right? So he was asking questions. It was great. We we're having a conversation. Suddenly, I just felt in my spirit, just this thought came to me. Ask him if he has pain in his body. And I'm like, what? Where, where did that thought come from? Ask him if he has pain in his body. I thought, wow, that's so weird. All right. Hey, Todd, do you have any pain in your body? And he's like, yeah, actually, I have scoliosis. My back's curved and uh, I can't sit straight for too long, like maybe even 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm driving on, on the highway. I was like, can I pray for you? And he's like, sure. So I'm driving. I put my hand on his shoulder, and I'm, now I, I have a tendency to exaggerate things. I know. I get excited. I'm like, it was a million miles away, man. You know, I do stuff like that, but I'm going to try. I'm not going to exaggerate, okay? I'm just going to let the testimony speak for itself. This is exactly what happened. I'm driving on the highway. I'm pretty sure at this time it was on the 407, okay? I have my hand on this guy's shoulder. We're in a pickup truck, okay? And I'm driving. I say, in Jesus' name, God, I I just pray that you would heal Todd's back. And all of a sudden, I just felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. It's like the Holy Spirit entered the truck. And, you know, the Bible says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you something. I was boinked in the Holy Spirit. I I can't, I don't know how else to explain it. I'm like, oh, how am I going to drive? I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Whoa, it was just this feeling like I was intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Just, oh, I look over and this doesn't happen to me a lot. Actually, not much at all. Okay. And, I, and I'm driving. I have my hand on his shoulder. I look over at him. I'm like, do you feel that? And he's, he's crying. He's in tears. And he's like, I've never felt this in my entire life. I've never felt this much peace in my life. I'm like, wow, that's so awesome, man. So that's how we drove to Markham. We somehow got to Markham. Okay. Did the job. The job was about a one-hour job and then another two-hour drive back. Now, I was curious because while we were working in Markham, I never, you know, we didn't get to talk about his back. I'm like, did he get healed or not? Like, I, I don't know what happened in the truck. That was crazy. But did he get healed or not? Right? So I asked him on the drive back, so, so Todd, how's your back? Like, are you okay? He's like, I normally cannot sit still for more than 15 minutes. I, I don't, what can I say? I don't feel any pain at all. 
I was like, wow. But I had a little, little inkling of doubt. I'm like, no, I don't know if he's really telling the truth. So I had to do a double portion prayer, okay? I was like, just in case, let's pray again, right? So I'm like, can I pray for you again? He's like, yeah, yeah. So I'm driving. I put my hand on his shoulder again. I was like, Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to come. Bless Todd. Uh, heal his back in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, I just felt, I didn't feel that same, you know, craziness, but I felt heat, tremendous heat coming from my hand and onto his back. And I mean, he felt like he was burning up. And I'm like, wow. And I look over, he's in tears again. He's crying again. And I'm like, what are you feeling? He's like, I, again, I, I've never felt like this in my entire life. I, I just feel so much peace right now. Now, here's what happened. We're driving. It was winter. But he was burning up. His side of the window was fogged up. One quarter of his side was fogged up. Okay, you had to actually wipe it to see. My side, totally clear. This side, totally clear. His side fogged up. I'm like, wow. Holy Spirit's on that guy. Wow. You know? And I'll never forget that. And you know what? He will never forget that. And that was many years ago that that happened. Now, over the years, um, he's, he's had his ups and downs. But it's interesting, not, maybe not even six months ago, maybe five months ago, I haven't seen this guy in years. Five or six months ago, he messaged me and he asked to meet up with me. I was like, yeah. So we got to meet. I got to pray with him. And again, that moment was such a defining moment in his life. God did something for him and he's never going to forget that, right? God moved in a sign and a wonder and he's never going to forget that. Now, my guess is that when using that phrase signs and wonders, there would be a, a variety of responses, a whole range of responses here. On the one hand, when I say signs and wonders, there will be some of us here today that would say, you know, you would get attentive with excitement, right? Yes, you want to see God move in signs and wonders and miracles, and you want to see the impossible becoming a reality. You know, that's right up your faith alley. That's something that you look for. Not only do you believe that it can happen, you have an, there's an expectancy that God will move in signs and wonders, on the other hand, when I say signs and wonders, there may be some of us here this morning that sense a caution in your spirits, a slight caution. Now, the idea of God performing signs and wonders, the idea of miracles, the idea of healings, it's not foreign to you. It's not something where you think, oh, God can't do that. You know, you believe, you know, those of us here that you believe that it can happen. However, you may have seen the expression of that belief taken to an extreme where it can cause deep wounds rather than healing. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that this morning. And still there may be some of us here, when you hear signs and wonders, you think, you know, I've never really thought about that, but I'd like to know more. Wherever you are at this morning, my hope is to bring a balanced view of signs and wonders and how they function in our context today. But first, I want to preface my talk by saying this. This is very important. I need to mention this before I move on. Romans chapter 1, 16, Paul says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Okay? The gospel is the power of salvation, not signs and wonders. The gospel is. 
The good news that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, that he proclaimed the kingdom of God, that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, that's the power of salvation. That is what changes a person from the inside out. Signs and wonders don't necessarily change people from the inside out. I mean, there's a story in Luke chapter 17. There were 10 lepers. And, and, they, and Jesus comes to them and they're calling out to Jesus and Jesus heals all 10 of them, right? But then they, they, they walk away and only one of them recognizes what just happened and he comes back and he gives praise to Jesus. The other nine didn't come back. And so signs and wonders and healings don't necessarily change people. Jesus changes people. The gospel is what changes people. Okay, so we need to keep that in mind. But Because if it were about signs and wonders, the Bible would not have warned us against sign-seeking. Okay, sign-seeking diverts us from the message of Jesus Christ crucified. And that's wrong. We can't fall in that way. Right? Jesus himself said in Matthew 12, 39, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. Okay? So we need to be careful that it's not sign seeking that we're after. Right? The gospel is what changes people. However, when we read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it is clear that signs and wonders accompanied the preaching of the gospel message. Notice what it says in Jesus, uh, about Jesus' ministry in Matthew 4, 23. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Jesus proclaimed the gospel message and healed people along with his message. Okay? So signs and wonders, they accompanied the message. That's what signs and wonders are for. They accompany a message. And this aspect of signs and wonders is actually not just limited to the Gospels, but is found throughout the Scriptures, even in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God performs signs and wonders to accompany Moses. Deuteronomy 26, verse 8 says, And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. Right? Moses had a message for Pharaoh. He had a message for Pharaoh. And this is what it was. Let my people go so that they could worship the Lord in the wilderness. Now, we got to understand something about that request. It was totally ludicrous. That was a crazy thing to ask Pharaoh to do. Why? Because the Israelites were slaves. They were the backbone of the Egyptian economy. The Egyptian economy and society was built on slave labor. Moses asking Pharaoh to let the people go was saying, let go of your economic labor force. Are you kidding me? Pharaoh, no way is he going to do that. The whole Egyptian empire, the foundation of it is slave labor. They wouldn't do that. God had to seriously back up that message in order for any compliance and that's exactly what God did. God performed signs and wonders to confirm that he was with Moses. And we can read about that in the book of Exodus with the ten plagues, right? Now, once the Israelites came out of Egypt, God continued to move in signs and wonders to tell the people of Israel that he was really with Moses. Exodus chapter 14, God split the Red Sea. What an amazing miracle that would have been to see, right? And they walked through dry ground. 
Exodus 16, God provided manna, supernaturally provided bread from heaven. Manna means what is it? It wasn't unleavened bread. It was mystery bread that God provided supernaturally. Why? So that people wouldn't starve. That was a sign and a wonder. Exodus 17, God provided water for the people to drink in the desert. Okay, And all these signs and wonders God performed to accompany a message. And the message was this, that God was calling Israel to be set apart for him. God was calling out Israel. And the calling out of Israel was accompanied by signs and wonders. Now in the New Testament, God was calling people to himself as well. In the New Testament, he was calling people through the ministry of Jesus Christ. And as mentioned before, Jesus proclaimed the kingdom, healed the sick, performed signs and wonders, again, to accompany the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, after Jesus died and rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples and empowered them to perform signs and wonders to accompany the message of the gospel. And Peter, after Jesus died and rose from the dead, Peter began to walk in this way. In Acts chapter 9, verse 34 to 35, it says, And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydia and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. And a few verses later, Peter, under the Holy Spirit, brings a girl who just died back to life. What a sign and a wonder that would be. Seriously, I mean, wow. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And as she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Many believed in the Lord. Notice how it says in both of those passages, in in, uh, verse 34, 35, and 40, um, that after the miracles, people came to the Lord. People came to believe in the Lord, right? So signs and wonders are used to accompany the preaching of the gospel so that people can see that Jesus is Lord. People can see that Jesus is Lord and believe in him. And this movement, this way of using signs and wonders, the way God uses signs and wonders, it continues to this day. There is a movement happening in the body of Christ. It's been happening for, well, quite a few decades now. So it may seem like a long time, but actually if you look at it from you know the whole perspective of the church history, 2,000 years of church history, this movement is actually a very contemporary movement. Uh, and it's quite young. Uh, the movement is called the charismatic movement. Okay? So the term charismatic is used to describe Christians who believe that all the works of the Holy Spirit, including the gifts, manifestations, all those things outlined in the New Testament of the Bible, such as miracles, healing, speaking in tongues, prophecy, that they can be experienced today. 
Okay, so that's what the term charismatic means. Now, I mean, sometimes when we hear that word charismatic, we think of how it's used to describe leaders like Adolf Hitler, right? Chavez, or, you know, these are charismatic leaders, Kim Jong-un, and, and we, that word's been hijacked a bit to, to mean, you know, kind of crazy. But actually, the word charismatic comes from the Greek word charismata, which means a divinely given gift. That's simply what it means. And so a charismatic church is a church that believes that God's gifts still operate today. And we're one of those. Currently, charismatic churches, uh, which are churches like, again, like the Pentecostal church, um, churches that believe in the Holy Spirit moving today, is the second largest group in Christendom second only to the Roman Catholic Church. The Charismatic Church makes up 27% of all Christians worldwide. Okay, so it's quite a big movement and it's growing. In fact, Christianity Today writes that the Charismatic Church is seeing a growth trend uh, all over the world. Now get this, even some of the more traditional denominations are recognizing charismatic expressions and experiences. This is, this, this was fascinating to me. This I found out just this past week. The Southern Baptist Convention recognizes partially that God moves in this way. This is a denomination that typically holds to a cessationist view. And what that means is that they believe theologically that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, tongues, prophecy, healings, they've ceased. They don't happen anymore. It's stopped after the, the Bible was written, and it just doesn't happen anymore. And this is actually quite a popular theological view in, in the church today. However, the Southern Baptist Convention, who typically holds to this view, there is a group within that denomination that holds a yearly conference called Fresh Oil, New Wine, okay? And it's, I mean, it's such, it's a small group of Southern Baptist churches, but they get together once a year, um, and they, re- and they embrace the gifts of the Holy Spirit while holding firm to the Word of God. That's, that's just astonishing to me. A denomination that loosely held the, to the cessationist view, um, is beginning to experience the charismatic expressions of the faith. And so they're having to change their stance. In fact, the Southern Baptist Convention's missions board, the International Missions Board, recently lifted the ban of speaking in tongues. Fascinating. There's something to be said when that happens. God still moves in signs and wonders today. This is our belief at Trinity. We believe this. We believe this at Trinity, not just as a faith statement or a theological position. You know, we believe this because we've experienced this happen. We've, we've seen God move in this way, right? We've seen God healing people. We've seen God move in, in someone where they receive the gift of tongues, where they receive the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge. We've seen this happen here. That's why we pray for healing on Sunday mornings. That's why on Wednesday evenings we pray, we, we take time to listen to the Lord and we give prophetic words, we give words of knowledge. That's why we pray for healing, inner healing and so on at our nights of prayer. So I, I, and that's happening tonight. So I want to invite you to come out tonight. If you're here this morning and you need a prayer for healing of any kind, whether it be physical, um, spiritual, emotional, I want to invite you to come out to that tonight. We take time to pray because we believe that God moves in this way. We believe that God moves in signs and wonders. 
at Trinity. But there's a caution as well that we have. There's a cautionary stance towards charismatic expressions in a church that we have because churches can unknowingly become all about the manifestations. Churches can unknowingly become all about the signs and wonders and the miracles. There's a danger with charismatic churches becoming infatuated with signs and wonders to the point where it swerves away from Jesus being the center to signs and wonders being the center. That's very dangerous when that happens. That's where a church can run into all sorts of problems, just like in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. They ran into these problems, and Paul had to call them out on it. They were elevating spiritual gifts over a relationship with Jesus. They were elevating the gift of tongues, and Paul had to call them out on that. 1 Corinthians 14, this is what he says in verse 23. If, therefore, the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues, and outsiders and maybe even unbelievers enter, will they not say that you're out of your minds? Right? They were elevating the gifts. When signs and wonders become the main attraction, it can push people away from Jesus. When Jesus is the main attraction, signs and wonders point people to Jesus. Let me say that again. When signs and wonders become the main attraction, okay, it can push people away from Jesus. When Jesus is the main attraction, signs and wonders point people to Jesus. In the book of Mark, Jesus said, signs follow those who believe. So to avoid swerving over to the extreme of making signs and wonders the main thing in a church, our priorities need to be straight. First, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the center. It's all about knowing him and having a personal relationship with Jesus. That's why at Trinity, we emphasize prayer. Prayer and listening prayer. Why? Because that is the vehicle for communication with God. Every relationship has to be built on solid communication. Where there's a breakdown in communication, there's no relationship. That's the same with God. We need to have a relationship with Him. The vehicle towards that relationship with Him is prayer. Praying, listening, conversational relationship with God. Out of that relationship comes actually the greatest sign and wonder. The greatest sign and wonder comes out of that relationship with God. Do you want to know what the greatest sign and wonder is? The greatest sign and wonder isn't a miracle healing from cancer, although that would be awesome, and we will pray for that here. My hope and prayer would be Trinity's a cancer-free zone. That'd be amazing, right? So I'm not saying this to say it's not Important. It is. We'll pray for that. But that's not the greatest sign and wonder. The greatest sign and wonder isn't the gift of tongues. Although for those of us who have the gift of tongues, it's awesome because we can pray when we don't know what to pray. Right? God has given us that help. The greatest gift or greatest sign and wonder isn't an accurately timed prophetic word. Although, man, that can be awesome when somebody just speaks into your life and it's like, how did you know that? God knows that. And in that moment, it's like, God knows me. Wow, that's a powerful experience. But that's not the greatest sign and wonder, church. The greatest sign and wonder, listen, is you, is me. 
It's us. We are the greatest sign and wonder because we have Jesus in us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are Christ's witnesses. We bear the testimony of Jesus with our lives. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are the sign and the wonder. We are the light of the world. The dark places in this world, when we go there, listen, we bring light. Wherever you, wherever it is we go in this world, doesn't matter how dark it is, what witchcraft, what false gods they, listen, doesn't matter. When a Christian goes there, we bring light. We are the sign and wonder because we bring Jesus to those places. Not just overseas, here too. Here too. Our workplace, our neighborhood, doesn't matter how dark it is. When we go there, we bring light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We are the greatest sign and wonder. Okay? We represent Jesus. When people see us, they see Jesus. They'll say, there's something different about that person. How can they act that way when that happens in their lives? What kind of joy do they have? Look at the joy. What is with that person? How could they be like that? Because of Jesus. And people will see that and say, I want to know more about what that person has. It's all about Jesus. And in order for us to maintain that phenomenon of being a sign and a wonder, church, Jesus has to be center in our lives. Jesus has to be center in our church. Not signs and wonders, though they are awesome. And we believe it, we'll pray for it. Jesus is the main thing. Jesus is the center. We need to prioritize our relationship with Jesus first and let the signs follow. So all that to say this. At Trinity, we believe that God can perform miracles. We believe that God works in signs and wonders. But our main focus is Jesus Christ. Our main priority is a relationship with him, an intimate relationship, conversational relationship with Jesus. And the signs will simply follow and manifest out of that relationship with him. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we just uh, want to honor you and give you praise because you are mighty and awesome, almighty God. You heal the brokenhearted. You set the captives free. Blind eyes open in your name. Deaf ears open in your name. Cancer in your name can be healed. Father, Nothing is impossible with you. We acknowledge that. But Father, you are our greatest desire. You are our source. You are our strength. Let our eyes be fixed upon you. Always. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. Grow in a conversational relationship with you. And let the signs follow. We seek you. We seek you and your kingdom. 
Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 God bless you.